When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me again is my fill-in host, Wolfslord. Hello, everyone. So today, we've been promising it for a while, and Ariel is down in the weather right now. So we are going to do this episode about Ganon. Unfortunately, Ariel won't be with us, but she will be back. She's just feeling a little down in the weather today. So Wolf, what I have, I have a question for you about Ganon. You ready for this? Go ahead. Did you know? Here we go. You ready? I'm gonna throw out random facts about Ganon here soon. Did you know Ganondorf is the tallest Nintendo human? Okay, okay. You said human. I was gonna challenge that. But you said human. <laughs> okay. There's your first fact. His actual height is seven foot six inches tall. And that's okay. only in his human form. He gets much taller when he transforms. So there's your first fact for this episode. Okay. Uh, so you want a fun fact? Yeah, I'll let's hear it. Let's let's go. Okay. Did you know Ganondorf only refers to his human form? His uh, beast form is known as Ganon. Uh, yes, I did. They know are <laughs> they are two separate names. A lot of people use them interchangeably, but Ganondorf solely refers to him in his human form. Bingo. So, speaking of titles, Wolf, I love that transition piece. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, we're going to go over some of the titles that our lovely little Ganon has received over the generations. So, the first title is The Demon King, Prince of Darkness, King of Thieves, The Gerudo King of Thieves, The Great Thief, The King of Evil, The Great Ganondorf, the King of Darkness, the King of the Gerudo Thieves, the Dark Beast, Dark Lord, the Dark Rider, the Beast, Scourge of Hyrule Castle, Hatred and Malice Incarnate, King of the Gerudo, Great King of Evil, Lord Ganon. These are some pretty impressive titles, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Um, there is one title that you never uh, mentioned. Oh, that is, um, I believe from the Hyrule Historia and his name, uh, it states something that the name of this King of Thieves is Ganondorf Dragmire, but he is known by his ally, uh, alias Mandrag Ganon, which means Ganon 
of the Enchanted Thieves. Ooh, I did miss that one. That's I, fascinating. Just little fact for you. I did miss that one. Out of all the titles I found, I cannot believe I did not look at that one when I was going through the Historia. I fail. I'm sorry. I failed you as a host. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you, homie. So before we get into who Ganon is and the differences between Ganon and Ganondorf, I want to talk about some of these titles. So some of these titles have been referred to in just discussions. They've just been referred to in like, you know, people talking about Ganon. The other titles, the more official sounding titles are actually ones he's received. Like the Demon King, the Prince of Darkness, the King of Thieves. These are titles he's received through either actions or birthright. Right. So let's start with where this all pretty much began, which was at the beginning when Ganon was first, or Ganondorf, I should say, was first birthed unto the world. Are we talking about uh, the Demon King demise? Yes, we are. So a lot of people, it's, it's, it's been talked about a lot in our Discord server. It's been talked about a lot with amongst friends of my own. It is a very convoluted story. So let's set the record straight here. Wolf, do you want to take it from here? I'll let you I'll let you start us off. Oh, you're such a gentleman. <laughs> so, in the beginning, we know, especially after talking about Demise in the first couple episodes, that Demise was the demon king and he was slain by the hero. First, he was sealed away by none other than our goddess, Hylia, but then after was slain by the hero. Now, during him being slain, he placed a curse upon not only himself, but Link and Zelda, cursing that any time they were to be reincarnated, his hatred would follow suit. Which is where a um, weird conflict comes in, because throughout the game and the lore, it's mentioned that his hatred for uh, those with the blood of the goddess, so Zelda mm-hmm. and the uh, reincarnations of the hero, yep. uh, is Ganondorf. It's um, Demise's hatred, rebirth. But mm-hmm. according to the Hyrule Historia, Ganondorf is in fact just the reincarnation of Demise. So yes. it's a weird conflict. Yes. And and the fact is, is that in different books you look into, that is a very conflicting information piece because in one of the Legend of Zelda encyclopedias, you read, he is in fact the reincarnation of Demise's hatred. In the one you're talking about, it says he's just the reincarnation of Demise. So to set the record straight, most of the research that I have done and most of the material that you can find out there states clearly that it is, in fact, Demise's hatred reincarnated. It is the curse itself. And even if you listen at the end of Skyward Sword, he clearly states, my hatred will follow you. My right. hatred will be reincarnated to wreak havoc and destruction upon Hyrule and the ones who bear the goddess's blood. 
So we know for certain it is, in fact, the hatred itself reincarnated. So moving past that, we've got that established. That brings us into the first canonical time in a chronological order that we see our dear Ganondorf. Do you know which game that happens to be? The original Ganondorf? That would be Ocarina, right? <gasps> ding, ding, ding! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what you win? What? You win an interesting fact. So, interesting fact number two for this episode, Ganondorf has superhuman strength. Now, this has been another argument throughout time. Does he actually have superhuman abilities, superhuman strength? Yes. Yes, he does. He possesses it because he has the Triforce of Power. So there's your interesting fact before we get into the uh, backstory that makes Ganondorf oh so who he is. (laughs) So, do you want to... We need to get us some Triforce in our lives. (laughs) So, Wolf. What? Do you know what really set Ganondorf on the path of his evil hatred? What would that be, good sir? It was not, in fact, the curse, as many may believe. It was, in fact, his adopted twin mothers, the witches, Kome and Kotake. Right. In addition to this, it was who he was born unto, which tribe, which was none other than the Gerudo tribe. So, basically, when he was born, there's the rule. We talked about it when we talked about the Gerudos. There is a rule that every hundred years, a male is born unto the tribe of the Gerudos. Right. That male will reign as the king of the Gerudos. So, or the chief or the tribe leader, it's been referred to in different terms. It's all the same. The leader of the Gerudos. So that being said, when he was born, the twin witches, Kome and Katake, took him under their wing to raise and they taught him the dark evil magical ways in addition continued to fuel hatred within him that he had for Hyrule because Hyrule basically just excommunicated the Gerudos to a desert wasteland and limited their resources and supplies significantly (laughs) Right. Well, we also get like information about his uh, time in that from uh, what? What's her name? Naburu. Yes. In Ocarina of Time, who was originally leading it before uh, Ganon came around, and she's all like, "Yo, I refuse to follow him because not only was he robbing and stealing from his own people, he was just outright murdering them when they even questioned him. Like he mm-hmm. was crazy bloodthirsty, and it wasn't just." his people it was the children right of his tribe children in general he would kill women children even no people outside safe. of his tribe no one yeah no one was safe our boy uh ganondorf skywalker over here <laughs> <laughs> so the younglings 
here is something that you will miss. I know I missed it until I went back and replayed them. You miss this crucial detail of Ganondorf, and it really makes you feel for him. Think about it for a second. This child was born with extremely high expectations upon his birth. He didn't even get to take his first breath in the world before he was already crowned king. Right. Then, in addition to that, his tribe expected him to lead them into a new era where they would thrive. And then on top of all that, you have some of the most evil beings known to Hyrule, Kome and Kotake, that not only forced him into this path, but taught him this dark magic. So I can't help but wonder, how do you feel about Ganondorf now knowing his horrible childhood? The weird thing is knowing what we know full on. I think even if, because we, we know like out of character that he's the reincarnation of the hatred of demise. Yeah. I think no matter how he was raised, he would have eventually ended up where he was. I, and this comes into, we're not going to get into it too much, but it does come into a very much nature versus nurture debate here with Ganondorf. I think I would take the other side, not to say that you're wrong, I agree that he would eventually end up that way, but I think it would take much longer for Ganondorf to have ended up that way. Right. But I also feel like the curse itself is what caused this. I don't think it was the curse that just birthed him, but I think the curse is also what birthed the situation that he was born unto. I firmly believe it was a very, very oddly specific set of circumstances and coincidences that had to line up for Ganondorf to become who he was. So I feel like the curse wasn't so much him being born as much as it was the curse creating Ganondorf into what he is. Right. So with that being said, it's time to explain him a little bit after. So... In the war episodes, we discussed that the Gerudos went to war with the Hyruleans. It did not end well. And in the end, Ganondorf was forced to create a truce between not the Gerudos and the Hylians. But not only was it the Hylians. Yeah. Not only was it a truce between the Hylians, but it was a truce between all Hyruleans. So he was forced right. to bend a knee to the king of Hyrule. And he did not like that. He did not like that. His immediately, this is where, and we won't get too much into it because we're going to talk about it very soon, but this is where the events of Ocarina of Time take place. Now, at the end of Ocarina of Time, this is where things get hairy because our timeline splits into three different timelines. So we will get three different Ganon slash Ganondorfs. Right. We have the hero succeeds. We have the hero fails timeline. And we have the hero kills Ganon timeline. So the differences in situations here are the hero dies. Done. That was simple. The hero is killed by Ganon and it is a bloody massacre. Ganon takes the Triforces 
enslaves the people. It goes into a very dark, dark world. And we'll get to that section. Right. The next one is Link is a narc. <laughs> Link finds out everything and then just goes back in time and tells the king and was like, uh, beachy dubs, this is going to happen. Link is a narc. Link is a narc. <laughs> I've never heard a phrase like that, and that caught me off guard. So uh, but in that timeline, Ganon is actually captured, or Ganondorf, I should say, is actually captured, and that leads us into the timeline of Twilight Princess. Right. Then we have the third timeline, which is where Ganondorf is killed, which leads us into the events of wind waker and so on and so forth right so let's start off with everything goes bad well you were talking about the events of wind waker real quick okay not wind waker ocarina my bad i was gonna jump back before the timeline (laughs) diverges so the whole thing of wind waker is he eventually ends up uh breaking this treaty he betrays the king of hyrule he opens the way into the sacred realm to gather the pieces of the Triforce. Um, Also stating that he's the first person in like a millennia to actually enter the sacred realm. Yeah. Um, Using a lot of dark magic, by the way. um, Though he does not, he's not able to take the entire Triforce. He does get the Triforce of power, which we mentioned beforehand. Yes. Uh, which he uses to take over Hyrule, and that's where we get all the build-up to whether what Link does. Yes. Now we can branch off. <laughs> now we can branch off. Well, I think, honestly, before we branch off, I think this is the perfect time for us to take our mid-break. I like mid-breaks. Get. Yeah! Get. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. Do you know what we do first, Wolf? Of course, we thank our beautiful patrons. Oh, you know, you know, I'm super excited about this because we have a new patron. Brought to you by Tim Allen. <laughs> we we don't, but they're they're newer. <laughs> so first off, we have to thank our Sheikah patron. I love this name, by the way. Relic to Rebman. Oh, that's great. It's great. Good old relic. Relic. And our Kokiri patron, Remington Cloutier. So thank you for supporting the show and thank you for being patrons. Uh, we're looking into stuff for our giveaways here soon, hopefully. Um, and just a reminder, if we hit our goal of 300, no, 450. If we hit our goal of 450 for the patrons, we're going to give away a Nintendo Switch. I believe if we hit it around the time when the new Switches come out, we'll probably give away a new one. Sweet. <laughs> uh, and your choice, of course, of Zelda game. So uh, that being said, I do want to give a very special thank you to all of them. Uh, and a huge thank you to uh, one of our fans that actually wrote into us. Now, I'm not going to read the email out, um, but it was fantastic. It was lovely. Uh, I got to respond to them and I'm not going to read their full name, uh, but Bailey, 
Uh, thank you so much for writing into us. Uh, I did get a chance to, it, it took me a while to respond because I like to sit down when the fans email us. I like to be able to sit down and actually send a really heartfelt email back uh, and talk to them because, you know, they took the time to talk to us. Why not return that favor? Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. I appreciated it. And then on top of that, we have been blown up the last couple of weeks with some great reviews on Apple. Are you ready for these? I, I'm ready. Okay. So from Zippity, I love this, Zippity Dedu 0819. <laughs> okay. Zippity Dude. Zippity, Zippa, sorry, Zippity Dude 0819. Zippity Dude. Yep. It's great. How dare uh, you ruin their name after they took time <laughs> to write you a review? <laughs> Terrible. So it says, keep the podcast going. I love this. Please keep making more episodes. I can't wait. The Ocarina of Time episodes. I can't wait to get to those either. They're coming. Lucky for you, Zippa, you got a sneak peek at some (laughs) Ocarina stuff today. (laughs) A little bit. Just a little bit. So the next one comes from us. It's from Little Hispanico. And it says, how you doing? I love this podcast. I love this podcast and the LOZ series. I got a couple of questions. If you could please answer in one of your episodes, that would be great. So we got some questions to answer. You ready? Okay, let's, let's do it. go. Number one, what is your least favorite LOZ game? Theirs is Link's Awakening Toon version. I actually like that one. I really did like that one. I finished by I finally I finally busted down and finally finished playing it because I didn't want it to end because that was the last Zelda game I had to complete before I have officially completed them all and now I'm sad. <laughs> um, the one I wasn't a huge fan of to be personal was uh, what was it? Legend of Zelda 2 Link's Adventure? Yeah, I have to agree with you there. That one was terribly challenging, stupidly hard and there's no direction to it. <laughs> I actually don't remember what the subtitle is so I am... You're gonna You're gonna look it up. Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So not the Adventure of Link, Adventure. yeah. Okay. Uh, it was terrible. Now, we we won't talk about the CDI yeah. games, but those were also terrible. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Wanda Gamelon is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. So the next question is, favorite dungeon? Theirs was the Va Meadow, because they could cheat and jump out the window into onto another one of the wings, which I personally like that one too, but I'd have to say hands down. My favorite is the shadow temple and Ocarina of time. You know what? I agree with you wholeheartedly there. It was just so twisted and ah, I love it now, especially now going back and knowing the lore behind it just makes um, it that much better. <laughs> I also really liked um, Eagle's Tower from Link's Awakening. Mm. I think it was really cool. It was frustrating, but it was very like puzzle based and yep. trying to climb through it in one wrong move. It's one of like would send you back down. So it was really it was more mind based than than combat oriented. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. OK, you ready? We have our final question here. Okay. Number three, favorite character, no Link or Zelda. Theirs is Urbosa because she is a kick butt. 
<laughs> She's kicked butt. Something else was written here. We're trying to keep this as PG as we can. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kick butt. <laughs> so, who's yours? Um, If I can't choose uh, Zelda, can I choose Sheik? I, I would mean, rule yes, because Sheik is technically her own character. <laughs> Sheik's super cool. Well, that's like saying, um, oh, what's her name? The Paul... Why, why, uh, Tetra? Yeah, because Tetra's technically, I mean, Zelda. technically, but Tetra's a cool character, too. I like, I like a good, strong female like character. I know, uh, Link, really cool, really sweet, like, he knows what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But Sheik, Tetra, that kind of stuff, they hold their own and they don't they're not no damsel in distress. Exactly. I will have to say Tetra because I just love how she puts the smack down on Link when he steps out of line. <laughs> um, another one, if I had to go for a random character, I'm also going to choose from Wind Waker once again. But um, the uh, King of Lions. Oh, yeah, the that's another good one. That just yeah. super sarcastic the entire time. Love him to death. <laughs> so the final, final question is, have I gotten annoying? The answer is absolutely not. I love answering these kind of questions. So moving on to the next review. We got a lot of these. I'm also, gonna try to you I'm did try- forget one question. What's that? They asked the very first one. They're just how how's it going? What's up? Oh, man. All right. Well, it's good. It's good. Uh, Wolf. Uh. So I'm going to try to pronounce this. Check it in. (laughs) I'm going to try to pronounce this name. Uh, This one is from. I want to say. It seems like music love peace. You want to like control V control C the name over to me. Uh. I will send Copy you the name so I can see it. I will send you the name. But anyway, cool. so it says can't beat it. This podcast is my favorite to listen to while I'm working. It's so fun to hear the theories, the lore, and it really feels like I'm having a conversation with my friends about my favorite video game franchise. I'm excited to hear the episodes about Twilight Princess when they come out. Next to Majora's Mask, that is my favorite title from the series. Looking forward to that. Yes. Looking forward to that and everything you guys will have to say about the series moving forward. Keep it up. Kisses, hugs, kisses, hugs. (laughs) Well, let me be the first to say, and I think I speak for both of us and Ariel, who's not here, that we all consider you friends as well. So we're glad to be able to be part of... uh, your work life or whatever time you take out of your day to listen to us and be part of this conversation. Uh, absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. I, I, I tried to get the hashtag going for a while. Um, what was it? Hashtag fans or friends. Yeah, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I tried. Come on now. I tried. Give me credit. So the next one we have is from again, another one that's so hard. I think it's Waxis W A K X I X. Sounds right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Waxix. 
You know, if, if we're not pronouncing your name wrong, jump into the Discord and tell him how to pronounce it. <laughs> Let him know he's wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. So this one says, I've been waiting for a podcast like this. I'm really liking the podcast so far. I love theorizing and learning more about Zelda and the hosts do a great job with that. By the way, have you ever heard the theory that the skull of Ganon's chest in the downfall timeline comes from the fallen hero of time? We're going to get into that, actually. Yeah. Uh, great job on the podcast and can't wait to go through every game with you. Well, I appreciate you. <laughs> so we have two more here. This one is from Star Wolf 101. Best Zelda podcast. I've only listened to the one episode, but I can already say with certainty that the people who make this are great. Oh, we love you. And I love Thanks. listening to the lore. This is really helping me to flesh out my own D&D homebrew for Zelda. I love that. That's one. That's fascinating. And two, when you're done with that and it's fleshed out, hop into the Discord. Share it with us. I know that Crit and I is huge fan. We'd love to take a peek. Oh, uh, yeah. I what you got. Huge fan of d and I mean, we run a bunch of D&D podcasts, so. <laughs> so. And them combined. Mwah. So the, our final one is from Hasselhoff. I love that. And oh. I have <clears throat> I have to read this in the correct correct sounding and everything. You ready? Are you are you going to try to like actually Hasselhoff it? No, 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 no. It's oh. something better. <laughs> so the okay, title the title of this one is Excuse me, princess. Needs a little more sass little, to it. Little, but. A little bit more sass. A little bit sass. So, <laughs> so, absolutely great show. I have had a long love of Legend of Zelda, but never quite understood the lore. These hosts make Legend of Zelda lore simple to understand, yet fun to listen to. Give this show a listen if you're new to the Zelda or have been playing for years. You won't be disappointed. I appreciate you, Hasselhoff. I appreciate everyone who's left this a lovely review. It's It's awesome to see all these lovely reviews. Ariel is absolutely loving this. It's it's she really needed that boost. Uh you know, she's she's loving this. We're loving this. Uh we feel the love and we appreciate you. So awesome. It's so awesome to read these. Oh, it, it's great <laughs> to see the outpouring. And uh, it's warms our hearts. Warms our hearts. So that was a really long mid break. So I think we're going to rush a little bit through the rest of this um though we appreciate everyone i have to make sure we have to say everybody's message because we promised we promised so wolf are you ready are we jumping back into the show no we're not jumping back into the show we got to talk about the stuff we brought so ready (laughs) wolf go (laughs) okay i brought a wonderful poster from posterazi.com it is uh Link versus Ganondorf in a uh, like in a clash, uh, based off the original artwork from the original like Legend of Zelda games, um, and it is right now fourteen ninety nine. Super Ooh. cool! You can get it laminated. You can get it framed. The artwork is beautiful. Um, definitely worth having. It is really nice looking. I would say if you're a huge collector. Or if even just like, you know, artwork from games and stuff, this is definitely one you want to want to pick up. It is really cool. Oh, yeah. You got OG Angular Ganon. 
Yes. So we're going to have that in the show notes. In addition to that one, I've got more merch. This one comes to us from BoxLunch.com. And this one is a Nintendo The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker woven button up lunchbox exclusive or box lunch exclusive. It's $44.90 and it is straight up a Wind Waker themed Hawaiian button up shirt. That's it's fantastic. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> it is great. It has Link riding in the dragon boat on the water with some palm trees in the back and clouds all absolutely all over it. It's great. I love it. I kind of want one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that will also be in the show notes. And finally, the last thing we have to talk about is, of course, our awesome, amazing sponsors at STL Ocarina. STL Ocarina, that sounds like the premier place to get an <laughs> ocarina if you want to learn how to play one. Uh, so I learned an interesting fact. Uh, I recently took a trip to St. Louis. And while we were there, we tried to hunt down STL Ocarina. And what we found out was it was actually a school before they started selling ocarinas. And the whole reason that the doctor who started the school. Oh, God, Wolf, what? I thought you were going to say <laughs> that you found out that they, in fact, did not reside within uh, St. Louis, but in they fact, the sacred realm, <laughs> the sacred realm. Yeah, no, uh, no, it was really cool to learn about them because it was basically a doctor who wanted to bring more, more, I won't say odd, but rarer musical instruments, if you will. He wanted, he wanted to teach people to play these wonderful forgotten instruments. So they started the school, uh, him and his wife, and okay. eventually it blew up into this, what it is now, which is where they sell the ocarinas. Um, and they teach the music. You can go through classes. They'll send you, you know, how to books. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. And the ocarinas are wonderfully crafted. Uh, it was, if you ever get a chance look them up online, you can look up a huge biography history on the website about them. Um, there's a Wikipedia page dedicated to them. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome. Uh, just when I didn't think I could love them anymore. I love them now even more. (laughs) Um, but anyway, if you're interested in an ocarina and you want a little bit of a discount, you could always go head over to stlocarina.com and type in the promo code LOZLORE10 and you can get 10% off your whole purchase. You help us out, you help yourself out by getting a cool ocarina and you're supporting an awesome, awesome, awesome company. So go check them out. Link is always in the show notes. Also, there's tons of links there. It's There's more links than a Legend of Zelda convention. That's what you said last time, right, Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> more links than a Zelda convention. Boom! So, with that being said, I think it's time for us to jump to the end of the episode and talk about these timeline splits. <laughs> well, welcome back to the end of the episode. We're going to start diving in because we had that that mid-break was really long. Uh, we're going to start just diving in. Wolf, do you want to take it away with our downfall timeline? Okay. So at the end of Ocarina, so after our Hero of Time, 
baby boy Link is defeated by the hands of uh, Ganondorf. Brutally, uh, might I add. <laughs> yes, he extracts the Triforce of Courage from him, and then he extracts wisdom from uh, Zelda. So he ends up getting the complete Triforce, and with that, he transforms into his final form, Demon King Ganon. And with that, realizing uh, the Kingdom of Hyrule is doomed, the Seven Sages come together in a Hail Mary to trap him in the uh, Sacred Realm. Mm-hmm. Um, which, um, because he completed and did what he needed to do, is now the Dark World. Yes. Yes. And that's important to remember because when we start getting into those games, the Dark World has a huge impact on the games in the Downfall timeline. Correct. So all of that happens. There's a um, brief piece um, with everything happens. And then we dive into Link's Awakening where what's his name? Aghanim? Yes. Aghanim shows up he um I he says, you know, there's gonna be a second like coming of the sages, the hero's gonna be back, he helps out a bit, where the king finally goes, Okay, you're my chief advisor, you're going to be a priest here, all of that good stuff is happening. Um well, little did you know plot twist he ends up doing this to get close to the seven maidens so he mm-hmm. can end up breaking into the dark realm to free ganon and, and if the big reveal of this is a lot of people ended up believing he was an apprentice but i believe it's revealed that it's actually ganon's alter ego who is agonim well, don't give too much away. We haven't got to the game yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're covering Ganon, and he's technically part of Ganon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, de- delving down further in that timeline, that is where Ganon starts to take on his more, shall we say, less intelligent bestial form. Yeah, because he's been sealed away for so mm-hmm. long. He's been completed. And the last thing he knew after he like he was in his beast form, he was ready to attack. And then he like he spends years in the dark realm, which is not a good place. <laughs> no, no. So we have another Ganon fact break. You ready? Okay, go go ahead. So, number three fact for this episode, Ganondorf is actually a master swordsman. He is well-versed in many weapons, but knows his way around a sword best. And this is due to his Gerudo heritage. And we covered this when we talked about the Gerudo clans in a previous episode. The Gerudos try to master multiple weapons and multiple forms of combat they're right. best known for their their you know combat via horse horseback riding but the second best thing they're good at is sword play and sword fights so that is why ganon is a master swordsman 
dun, dun, dun. Exciting, actually i didn't know that yeah yeah it's who <laughs> because i don't think we see him fight really with a sword ever not true and i said we don't really i i was very like <laughs> maybe one occasion so that's gonna actually bring it to me that's a great another great segue thanks for setting me up wolf no problem I'll so always here. talking about sword fighting we do get to see some action first off in the child timeline now this is the link gets sent back in time and narcs timeline <laughs> please tell me about link narking so basically after link is sent forward into time and finds everything else he actually gets sent back to the original timeline and warns princess zelda and the current king that ganon's up to something ganondorf is not who he says he is you guys need don't need don't trust him so after this outsting we have the events of twilight princess so at the end and the beginning of Twilight Princess, Ganondorf is captured and sentenced to execution by the sages. And this is where it gets crazy. I'm not going to go too in-depth in it because it really deserves its own episode. But just know, it does not go the way they hope. <laughs> That's why you cut me off. You're like, you're just going to go over the games that we need to do later. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's about Ganon! <laughs> So, yeah, we're not going to go too in-depth in that because it is really... If we go any further in-depth than that, it's really going to spoil a lot with Twilight Princess. But, as we already know, that Ganon is defeated. And at the end of it, he's defeated and everything goes great until 100 years later in the Four Swords Adventures where Ganon is reincarnated again... And starts wreaking havoc again. And fun fact, that is um, that is confirmed to be the reincarnation of the same Ganon in Ocarina of Time. Whereas yes. a lot of them are their own like separate kind of entities or continuations. This is confirmed to be this is this specific Ganon reincarnated. Yes. And this Ganon, unlike the other Ganons is actually intelligent and powerful. So he is a force to be reckoned with. So after all that, we get to go into our adult timeline. So we had a little sword play when Twilight Princess, but we really get to see his sword skills in the Wind Waker when we fight him as the final boss. So in the adult timeline, Link is sent back to his original time after defeating Ganon. So this brings us to our final timeline we have to discuss, which is the adult timeline. So in this timeline, it follows the events after Link is sent back to his original time following Ganondorf's defeat at the hands of the hero of time in the final battle. Ganondorf is sealed away within the sacred realm of the seven sages, but with Link sent back in time, the world is left without a hero. So that means in all layman's terms, Link succeeds, but then goes back to his original timeline so the future doesn't have a hero. Normal Link 
lives out his life, dies, and is not famous at all. It's like it never happened. Right. But that leaves the whole world without a hero, which brings us to the events of Wind Waker. In Wind Waker, Ganondorf escapes from his seal, you know, being sealed away in the sacred realm, and begins to wreak havoc again. But the king says, not today, because there's no hero. I guess I got to do it. And gets the Triforce and everything happens. And the gods are like, oh, no, 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 no. We got this. So the gods flood Hyrule to stop Ganon. Do you do you understand what that implies? Ganon is so powerful because there's no hero of time. The gods are like, oh, uh, we got to buy some time. Uh, flood it. Just flood it all. <laughs> this is this is the goddesses backup emergency plan is to just flood Hyrule, flood the world and just hope for the best. Destroy it all. <laughs> Destroy it all. There's- he can't destroy anything if there's nothing left. This is like, honestly, I always thought of this like toddlers when toddlers fight. Well, if I can't have it, no one can. And then they just break it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, pretty um, much. So, however, Ganon isn't swallowed up by the ocean and he begins to rebuild his army. And that is where we go into the events of Wind Waker, which I'll leave that because we're going to get into it later. But this is also one of Link, one of Wolf's favorite games. So we're going to leave it be for a bit. We're going to let Wolf talk about it when we get to it. Wind Waker. Wind Waker. So after the events of Wind Waker, we have the Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, Ganon appears again in Phantom Hourglass, but I do not believe he appears in Spirit Tracks. I don't think he's in no. Spirit Tracks. No. Uh, but yeah, he appears again in Phantom Hourglass. Um, and it's kind of it's a weird one, but we'll get to Phantom Hourglass later. But that brings us to the big final one, which is the Great Calamity. Uh, so he isn't in spirit tracks because he was sealed away. Dennis. So he didn't die, so he can't reincarnate. He's just sealed away at this point in time. Boom. Uh, but this is why, when we'll get to that, there is a lot of arguments amongst fans and different theories of where the Breath of the Wild's Great Calamity actually sits in the timeline. Some people believe it sits after Phantom Hourglass. Some people believe it sits after the Twilight Princess timeline. Not a whole lot of people believe it falls in the destruction timeline just because it doesn't really fit there. Um, But there are some that do theorize with it. Personally, me, I really think it fits right after the Phantom Hourglass timeline. Um, I've been back and forth between whether it's Twilight Princess or Phantom Hourglass. I really feel like it fits after Phantom Hourglass because of the ceiling away. What do you think, Wolf? It's hard to say where it fits in the timeline. I could see it being kind of both cases. Though once again, Spirit Tracks comes like almost directly, not directly, but it is a sequel to the Phantom Mm -hmm. Hourglass, which once again, in that line, Ganon is sealed away. So it, it really like 
there there can be arguments made for both, but I feel like there's also arguments against both. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> I'm I I've staked I've staked my claim to the Phantom Hourglass, you know, spirit tracks theory, especially with the con you know, the continents being formed differently and places, you know, different things are in different places now. It's just, I don't know. I I could be wrong. I've been wrong about where things fit in this timeline before. So we'll just wait and see. But we still got to talk about it. So during the Great Calamity, essentially Ganon reappears and is known in this form as Calamity Ganon, which is just this primal evil force that just engulfs and devours. So what's interesting about Calamity Ganon, I feel, is that it's not only this destructive force, but it has this sense of hidden intelligence behind it. I know Wolf's looking at me going, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> it's all you, homie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's I feel like the Calamity Ganon is one of the most powerful forms of Ganon because it is so destructive, so chaotic and can be very manipulative and well thought out in its planning stages. And we see this in Breath of the Wild. And for those of you who have not played Breath of the Wild all the way through yet, spoiler alert here. Stop listening here and kind of skip forward. Yeah, Wolf takes his headphones off. So essentially, I, I say this is one of our more intelligent ones because not only does he take over a lot of the robotic tech uh, that is throughout was created by the Kushika, the Guardians. He also takes over the Divine Beasts. He takes over the castle itself, and he takes over tons of surrounding mechanical areas, like the shrines and just just corruption everywhere when it comes to tech. This is a well thought out plan, which causes a lot of turmoil throughout Hyrule. Uh, again, we're not going to go terribly through this game because it's going to ruin when we actually get to it to talk about it. But just know, once again, Ganon is defeated. So, lot to go on here. This is a lot of Ganon. And even though we discussed him in a little bit more in depth in this episode, there's still so much more to explore about him. Oh, and we'll get to it when we get to those individual games. Exactly. Because Ganon is such a nuanced character. Exactly. And the theories, I, we could discuss a lot of Ganon theories in this, but I think it's best to fit them in when it comes to that specific episode about that specific game. Because if you start talking about too many theories right now, it's going to convolute a lot of things, you know, later. It's going to be very confusing to figure out where it fits. And so we're going to wait to talk about those Ganon theories until we get to the specific games they're involved in. So with that being said, we're coming to the end of the episode. This is a little bit longer one. So there's one more thing. Obviously, we have to have another Ganon fact. You ready, Wolf? What you got? What you got? I like a good Ganon fact. <clears throat> Ganondorf is in fact a musician. So is Link. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. He busts some uh, really good beats on that ocarina. He really does. So, well, the, the reason we say this is because 
though he's really diverse in the dark magics and combat and all these other accomplishments, very, very rarely do we recognize the fact that he is a very accomplished musician. You see this in Ocarina of Time. You see this in Wind Waker. You see this in you see this in several games where he relies on music for either dramatic effect, like in Ocarina of Time, where he's playing the organ, and the song he's playing is actually a very complicated song to play. Uh, you also see this again in Wind Waker when he's you know he's messing around with music and things and that. He is a very accomplished musician. To play some of the pieces that he plays throughout the series, very difficult songs to master. And these are coming from, you know, extremely well-trained professional musicians. Right. So there you go. There's your final fact this episode about Ganon that you may not have known. He's a really good musician. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) He played the music real good. Dun, dun, dun. So, the last couple things I want to mention on Ganon here are th- his swords. So, in the game, he has a lot of different swords. His first sword that he has is very much a uh, traditional sword that the Gerudo tribes carry. Later on, he wields two large golden ones that you see again in Wind Waker. These are specially crafted for him because they actually are engraved with the names Kotake and Komei, his surrogate mothers. So these are his special blades. Yeah. So later on in Twilight Princess he chooses to kind of abandon those and actually uses a sword of the six sages. And in another game, he actually uses a um, pike, which is, we'll get into what the pike actually is when we get to that game, but he uses a very powerful pike weapon uh, later on. So he's... Again, very diverse in different weapons, but we see the best of him when it comes to swords. Because he is quite a ferocious fighter when it comes to those swords. He also liked the magic. Mm, lots of magic. His, I will say this much. Uh, I'll throw this in there. He's not really weak to a whole lot of magics, but it is guaranteed he will be weak to his own magic. And we see this in right. several games, especially Ocarina of Time when he gets hit you have to hit back his blasts at him during the boss fight to actually wound him. Um, this is because unlike the other magics where you get hit with it, you know, if you're powerful enough, you can kind of take that hit. Dark magic is basically calamity. It's chaos. It's evil incarnate. It's just destructive force. That's all there is to it. So, there's no neutral ground. There's no, I'm powerful enough to take the hit. It's just raw power. So it, of course, will hurt the wielder just as much as it'll hurt your opponent. Right. So that's all I've got on our dear old Ganon, the Lord of Darkness. 
What about you, Wolf? Do you have any other things you want to add in before we close out this episode? I'm sad we never got a mini game done in the style of like bull riding, where it's like Link trying to ride uh, Ganon and oh trying to gosh. stay on. I feel like yes. it would be a fun thing, or even like a short. Somebody out there needs to animate it. I think it would be great, like Link just holding on and riding Ganon. This needs to be a flash game that we can play online. <laughs> Somebody needs to make this. <laughs> yeah, just me ridiculous. Oh goodness. Well, I want to thank you all for the lovely messages. I want to thank you all for you know your patronage. I want to thank everybody that jumps to the Discord and is always talking. You know, Azra's in there always chatting it up. You know, we've got a few other people that are in the Discord, like Nina Kitty. We've got Laval. I cannot pronounce that name. Leva L alone. <laughs> I tried. Uh, we've got a couple new people in there. Hero of Time. Uh, we've got Kex. You know, we've got a lot of people in there always chatting, always talking. It's great. It's it's a popping Discord. If you're interested to come in there and chat more Legend of Zelda, you can always jump in there. Me, Wolf, Ariel, we're all in there, all checking it out, chatting it up. So come hit us up. Uh, But until next time, thank you all for listening and tune in next week. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.